Hello, I'm your host, Gary Oz, and this is Just Loving Life and Why You Should. I share related experiences in mental and physical health, personal wealth, entertainment, and sports for the more mature man. So go ahead and press the follow button on whatever directory you're currently listening on. Body Products. Body Products. Are the proud sponsors. The proud sponsors. Of Just Loving Life. Just Loving Life. Just Loving Life. With Gary Oz. Gary Beauty originates deep inside. 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 The topic of today's show is the Olympic Games. Now, I'm sure you're aware that the Olympic Games are held every four years to respect the ancient origins of the Olympic Games at Olympia. I personally love the opening ceremony, watching them walking through the stadium in their respective outfits ready for the games ahead that to me epitomizes the whole consciousness of the olympics i really enjoy that i always imagine how that must feel representing your country at your event competing against athletes from around the world being viewed to a worldwide audience the multitude of events some popular some deemed as pastimes and some even quite specialist It took me a while to figure this out, but I believe if you're determined to compete at the Olympic Games, you can choose an event where you're underrepresented in this country and then you're involved. Oh, (laughs) you don't believe me? Right, some of you may have heard of Eddie the Eagle. (laughs) His story is actually quite simple. Born Michael Edwards, known as Eddie the Eagle, He was an English ski jumper and Olympian who, in 1988, became the first competitor since 1928 to represent Great Britain in the Olympic ski jumping, finishing last in the 70 and 90 metre events. (laughs) He actually held the British ski jumping record from 1988 to 2001. He wanted to be a skiing long jumper. In theory, all he had to do was make the qualifying distance. Great Britain had no team or individual representation in that particular event. He did have to overcome the politics to compete, but eventually succeeded and became more famous than the event winners who he competed with. Great story for a film, by the way, you know it's a film, right? Now, there are many sports that easily make the required numbers but are not recognised as Olympic sports, mainly because the IOC had decided to put a limit on the number of sports as well as events and athletes. This Summer Olympics has decided that by the IOC committee do not want to increase the 28 sports, the 300 events and the 10,000 athletes. At the end of the day, I believe this done for logistical reasons, which makes it quite a lot of sense. Now, for instance, 
it'll take probably more weeks, more months. And during to the last pandemic, this one has been delayed a further year. There's been an added cost to it. So it's all about, at the end of the day, money. I do have a concern and I want to bring some attention to something that may be going a little unnoticed. Now, I'm going to entitle this uh, Gender Equality at the Olympic Games. Now, I do watch various sports when the Olympic Games on, some that are deemed quite popular or semi-popular, like table tennis, and I will browse over various events. So in this one, kind of draw my attention to it because I just felt there was an injustice on this one. Now, I mentioned gender equality, the goal of gender equality, which is enshrined the Olympic Charter which compels the IOC to encourage and support the promotion of women in sports at all levels. Now, chromosome testing was introduced by the International Olympic Committee during the 1968 Summer Olympics. This tested for the Y chromosome, which was designed to identify males potentially disguised as females. Chromosome testing was last performed at the Atlanta Games in 1996. Together with many Olympic movement stakeholders, the IOC has implemented significant gender equality initiatives so that girls and women around the world are being given greater access and opportunities to participate in sports. Now that, in my book, sounds quite fair and should be encouraged accordingly. However, I found something a little disturbing and it contradicts the IOC guidelines and its directive. I'm going to address your attention to a weightlifter named Laurel Hubbard. She is a New Zealander transgender weightlifter selected to compete at this summer Tokyo Olympics. Now, she will be the first openly transgender athlete to compete in the Olympic Games. Hubbard is ranked seventh in the IWF's women plus 87 kilogram division. Now, there has been a petition to stop transgender athletes from competing with biological women at the Olympic Games, which has sort of garnered more than 20 plus thousand signatures at the moment. Hubbard transitioned eight years ago at the age of 35. She has since met all the requirements of the IOC regulations for trans athletes and fair competition. The IOC's policy specifies conditions under which those who transition from male to female are eligible to compete in the female category. Among them there is this athlete that has declared that her gender identity is female and that declaration cannot be changed for sporting purposes for a minimum of four years. The athlete must also demonstrate that her total testosterone level is below a specific measurement for at least 12 months prior to her first competition. Now, there have been calls to the IOC rules to be suspended. It reads, and I quote, The IOC requires only that a trans woman has maintained a particular level of testosterone for 12 months to compete as a self-identifying woman. Now, this completely ignores the physical advantages in speed, height, stamina and strength that a male-born athlete will naturally have. Now, some within the weightlifting community argue the policy 
does not guarantee fair competition. A naturally born female competitor by the name of Belgium's Anna van Bellingen, who will likely compete against Hubbard, said that, I quote, New Zealanders' presence would be like a bad joke for women competitors. She goes on to quote and state, I'm aware that defining a legal frame for transgender participation in sport is very difficult since there's an infinite variety of situations and that reaching an entirely satisfactory solution from either side of the debate is probably impossible. Anyone that has trained in weightlifting at a high level knows this is to be true in their bones. This particular situation is unfair to the sport and to the athletes. Let me look at a, another imbalance and take you over to South Africa where uh, an athlete there called Carter Semenya, who's an intersex woman assigned female at birth with X and Y chromosomes and has natural elevated testosterone levels. Following her victory at the 2009 World Championships, she was made to undergo sex testing and was later cleared to return to competition the following year. Semenya was revealed to have a DSD, but her exact condition and testosterone levels were not made public. Although she was previously allowed to compete as a woman, the new IAAF regulations exclude her from competing. Now, despite taking legal action, Semenya lost her appeal in the Court of Arbitration for Sports. Caster Semenya had been barred from racing. She took her case to the Court of Arbitration for Sport, which in 2019 was upheld by the World Athletics Regulations. The Swiss Supreme Court last year, which was 2020, dismissed her appeal. So Semenya is made one last push before this Summer Olympics to the European Court of Human Rights. There are some events in sports that can be integrated, such as, say, archery, bowls, or shooting. The previous is all about skills and not strength. But is it fair, if you draw a comparison, to put two middleweight boxers, one male, one female, both exactly the same weight? Naturally, the advantage will go to the male because he has a natural strength inherent in males, the male species, which I believe is about seven times stronger. In past years, certain athletes have failed drug tests for some performing enhancing drugs like steroids. Those athletes who got caught have been banned and returned to compete again and again and again. It's kind of making a mockery of the sport. Are we entering a new era, whereas we'll now see a new sex or sexes to compete and therefore have distinct natural advantages in competition? These changes, ideals of the Olympic Games are probably not in line of the founding fathers' thoughts. If you like this podcast... Like and subscribe or follow and give a five-star review where it's applicable. If you wish to contact me, though, I'm available through the website, which is all the W's, justloving-life.com, whereas you'll be alerted with the most recent episodes 
which is generally available every Tuesday. Also, tell your friends, family, and anyone acquainted with your existence about these shows, because then you'll be helping a brother out. Thank you for listening. And in the meantime, let's be careful out there.